Hello, everybody. This is Anna and Brian from A Wider World Podcast. And today we have our next guest for AI episode, Marcella, who is a founder of Creative Spark AI. Hi, Marcella. How are you? Hello. Nice to see you both. It's a pleasure to have you here. Could you give some small introduction to yourself and your background? Sure. <clears throat> I've been in the tech industry. I started when the internet started. I'm a little bit of an old guy and started in 94, got into the into web with HTML like 1.0, or it wasn't even 1.0, it was just the beginning. When they had the blink tag, that shows you how old I am, and they had a blink tag for HTML. And I really got into that, and that started my tech career from, from 95 on to uh, actually September, of the beginning of September of this year, I'll tell you in just a minute what I mean by that, but... Started uh, multiple websites, companies, wanted to be part of the dot-com. And I I get very passionate about different topics, virtual reality, and right now AI, filmmaking, podcasting, all that. So I start communities and websites around that and I build it up. And then I sort of became this, what they what Forbes calls an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't know that's what I was, but I realized after reading that, which is basically somebody that starts things out of passions. Not up, not to build a business or to make money, but just to just out of a passion, and then it becomes a business by 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 accident, right? So yeah, so I've been in the tech industry for thirty plus years, and now the June of this year, I decided to switch careers into something I've always wanted to do, which is a filmmaker. And now I'm back at school now at a UCLA Extension for a filmmaking program on uh, post production and editing. So. That's sort of my background. Great. And could you maybe talk a little bit more about your interest in AI and how this is merging with your current passion for filmmaking? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, just like everybody else, I discovered AI in last year, right at the end of last year when JatGPT was released. And and that kind of put me into this path which also rekindled my love for filmmaking. I'll tell you that in just a second, but I created creativespark.ai to cover AI for creatives, basically. And as soon as I saw ChatGPT, being the age that I am, I've gone through three technological revolutions I've got through. I mean, I've been, you know, when I was a teenager, we just got computers, right? The Commodore Vic 20 and stuff like that. So I've been through the computer revolution, the desktop revolution, then through the internet, then the mobile, right? The mobile phones and stuff. And now when ChatGPT came out, I'm like, okay, this is probably my last tech revolution I'll go through. I can't see something as big as this in the next, you know, 20 years, but maybe, maybe there'll be something else. Maybe VR will, you know, we'll all live in a virtual reality, like the matrix kind of thing, but don't see that happening anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, I got into AI through ChatGPT. I mean, it literally blew me away, just like it blew the rest of the world away, right? And I could see that this is going to change the world. It's going to change all industries. It's going to change the way we live personally, you know, on a personal level and on a business level. So I created the website, Creative Spark. Yeah, you know, I was mentioning before that I get bored easily and I do these websites around. That's what I did is I created CreativeSpark.ai to start covering this. That's how I learn is... I, I learn and share. And by people asking me, oh, well, what about this? Or can you want to come and talk about this? That pushes me to learn even more. That's the way I sort of, you know, function is I like to be very visible and public out there because that kind of pushes me to to continues, continuously learn. So that's how I got into AI, basically. 
Uh, and I don't know if I answered your question originally, <laughs> but maybe you can give some examples on like the projects with your current projects and who you're helping. How how does it work? Well, last year I was still doing sort of like more on the tech side, right? So with with AI and ChatGPT, started thinking, okay, how can we use it from a productive perspective? Obviously, it's great for to help you code. I mean, it, it literally can help you write Python code, which it blew me away too. But now from the filmmaking perspective, as I'm transitioning to filmmaking, my my interest in AI and filmmaking is enhancing workflows, filmmaking workflows. So I've been working with a couple of things where I had a short film that needed to be theatrically viewed in the large screen. And it was very noisy. So I had a lot of digital noise. So I ended up using AI to clean up, to clean it up and then to upscale it too. And it's, it's really amazing what AI can do. Now, the thing is, there is no one push button solution. Everybody talks about how, oh, in AI, you just push a button and it's done. It creates the movie, it creates the code. There's no such thing. Like, for example, in this workflow, I had to do multiple passes of cleaning, multiple uh, passes of upscaling. Then I had to bring it into a traditional filmmaking workflow to then edit everything together and pick the best of all the pieces where things worked and things didn't work. And then we came out with a really good solution. So I don't believe today AI, and I don't believe ever we'll get to the point where you push a button and and a movie will be made because the whole point of making a movie is human collaboration and creativity. And, and I think that with, with creativity, I mean, anything can affect creativity, right? A rainy day versus a sunny day can affect creativity. And I don't think AI will, we'll ever get to that point where it's, oh, it's rainy. So I'm going to create something sad now, or it's, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, but that's, I like, I like uh, figuring out how to use AI within different workflows. I did another one where uh, dubbed a movie and closed caption did and transcribed it. So instead of watching a movie with, uh, let's let that was shot for an American audience in Spanish, let's say, and spoken by a Spanish actor, but it was out of sync. We used AI to be able to actually lip sync, change the lip and use the same voice of the actor, but in Spanish. So that to me is what my interest is in AI and filmmaking. Like how, how do you think all these tools have helped you sort of speed up the, the process of, of filmmaking? I imagine before you typically need to learn so many other different skills as an independent filmmaker. Uh, to, to get a lot of this done. Like, can you tell us a bit more about like how much time do you think you've saved with all these tools? I don't think it's about time savings, to be honest with you. It's about giving democratizing the technology. So allowing me to be able to do this dubbing and transcribing um, without having to spend tons and tons of money, or maybe I couldn't even do it because I'm an independent filmmaker, right? So to me, AI right now, at least, doesn't make it go faster because, again, there is no one push button solution. Even if you go to ChatGPT and tell it, hey, write this script for me and here's sort of the synopsis, can you do something? It still won't give you what you want. And you still have to go back and do multiple drafts. The same thing I was explaining, right, with denoising. It wasn't denoise this and boom, it's done. It took a long time to go through it. But it allowed me to upscale footage. It allowed me to clean up the footage as opposed to sending it to a vendor. Now, of course, there goes the argument of like, well, you're killing jobs and stuff like that, but possibly, possibly not. I don't know. 
you know, I wouldn't have done it if I couldn't afford it. Right now I'm able to afford it with these tools. So to me, it's, to me, AI is more about, it's more about democratizing and make things affordable to maybe independent filmmakers that weren't available before, or even people that didn't have the knowledge or the creativity to do certain things. Like, I don't know how to draw, right? But I can go to mid journey and start creating storyboards out of there. Right. So that kind of enables me to do things that I wasn't able to do before. So to me, it's not a time saver, it's more of a superpower. Maybe it's possible to look at time saving by when you're trying to find a lot of different people with different talents and it might take a lot of time, but that actually kind of you can do it and try a little small bits by yourself and after it's just like works then. Right. But I think just I heard some other not the stories but some of startups they even tried to kind of breathe new life into like old movies kind of make it like better quality or turn them from like black and white into like very colorful movies just by oh don't do that i don't (laughs) want to see citizen kane in color i want to keep it black and white (laughs) casablanca black and white (laughs) but i mean just like but no i know what you're saying yeah I think I just like I want to touch on that a little bit because I'm partially connected to like the film industry myself because I I work as a supporting artist on some some of the projects and what are your views on the because right now when you look on writer strikes and actors strike a lot of, there are a lot of a lot of worries around that but um, what what would you say to those people who are very worried? And what kind of like tools, skills they might actually yeah. uh, use to actually improve their work or make it easier or make it more creative. So if you have any kind of advice. Well, I think the concern of the valid concern is that uh, there's two things that to me need to be fixed with AI is number one is the way you're training AI, you need to ask permission of what the material you're going to train with, right? If I wrote it and it's copyright and we already have the laws in place, you need to ask permission. And if I give you permission and I say you have to pay me, then you have to pay me. If I give you permission and say you don't have to pay me, then that's fine too. But at the end of the day is asking for permission and then figuring out the the payment, the compensation for that, whatever it may be. It may be zero because I agree to go ahead and use it because I want to be part of this or no, you got to pay me. So I think to me, that's what's important, right? The other thing I can say is that, I mean, AI is, is out there. It will not be put back in the bottle and you better get on it because in in five years, just like the internet now, it'll be everywhere. And you need to know this. It's kind of like saying back in the day, like, well, I don't want to know anything about the internet. It's going to kill this and that, which you're right. It did kill certain things, right? Certain jobs and positions, but it created many more. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, don't, don't bury your head in the sand. You've got to learn this because at the end of the day, if you don't, you're going to be outdated. I mean, you need to know this, especially if you're, let's say in post-production, which is going to be greatly affected, right? I think uh, we're going to have job loss, just like every technological revolution does. I think there's three things. There's job loss, there's new job creation, and there's job morphing right? Some, some jobs will morph into something else, just like it happened with the internet. It happened with everything else and technology. So like I said, I support it because I do believe people need to get paid for their creations and people 
need to give permission for that. Uh, just switching tact a little bit, I want to talk a bit more about how AI can be used in the, in the current filmmaking uh, workflow. So I think what you've talked about a lot has been something that I guess enables you to um, I guess fill in the blanks or where you know your skills are in in the entire workflow. So things like tra- translating, maybe a bit of video ed- editing as well, but maybe looking forward a little bit because of essentially all these superpowers that uh, AI is giving you, what do you, like how much do you think the work, like the traditional work filmmaking workflow can be transformed using AI tools? Like, is there any part that be, you know, we could completely get rid of or maybe like an entirely new process in the workflow that could create you know, new types of works or new effects and things like that, that never been done before. From my perspective, I don't think you'll get rid of anything. I think from my perspective, every aspect of the workflow will be affected by it. But you're not going to get rid of anything. You're not going to get rid of you're not going to get rid of people. I don't believe you're going to get rid of people. I mean, I think what what's going to happen is the transformation it'll be that people will become more puppet masters of AI, right? So they they they'll be able, they'll, they'll learn how to control AI. And I don't mean control it like Terminator, but control it in the sense of you'll have all these parameters and figure out how to, how to make things work. Right. And I think every aspect, I mean, pre-production, definitely ChatGPT is, is a great companion to get feedback, not to write it. I mean, yeah, you could use it to write it. I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes for my podcast, my own podcast, I'll, I'll, I'll go to ChatGPT. I go, look, I'm, inviting this person, I'm talking about this topic, give me some questions and it'll give me questions to ask. Right. And then I'll look at it. And I'm like, well, maybe 50% of those questions aren't good or 25% of them are kind of good. So I'll take them and morph them into mine. So I think from a pre-production perspective, it'll be a good partner to get feedback on. In fact, I show it when I did a breakdown of my short AI film and how I use ChatGPT not to write it, but to then get feedback on what I wrote and tell me what it thinks and try to adjust things if it even made sense for me to adjust it. Just like I would ask any other person, right? It's like, read my script. What do you think? Where do you think this is good or bad? Um, so but some people can use it to write it. And if that's what you want to do, go for it. You know. So I think pre-production definitely will, will, will be affected by that. I mean, in the development of the film and, and even getting feedback is, could this even be successful, this film? I mean, people are using that already, right? To, to gauge if, you know, what's the success rate on this film. Production, obviously, B-roll, shooting B-roll, you can use, not today, not today, but you will be able to create very high fidelity video for B-roll. You can create stock videos, and imagery today, right? Imagery is pretty pretty high fidelity, obviously, today with Mint Journey and the latest versions. But I think that's going to be affected there. You know, the question of uh, in production, having the fake, you know, fake people acting and stuff. Um, I mean, I think background actors maybe end up getting affected, but I, and I'm not a background actor, obviously, but, or an actor whatsoever. But I think the positive way of looking at that is, an actor can scale themselves. What I mean by that is if, 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 if it's properly put in place where number one, you can scan me. Number two, I gave permission for you to scan me. And number three, every time you use my scan, my, myself as a, as this fake person, you pay me. Now I can do a thousand jobs instead of three jobs. But again, we have to settle on 
you know, you got to pay me every time you use a scam. This isn't yours forever, right? So that's a different thing. But the way to look at it for me, like if, yeah, scan me, pay me every single time. And now I can act in 10 movies as a background person where before I only had the ability to do two movies a year, let's say, or whatever it may be. So that's how I would look at it, right? But of course, we know that every technology could be used for bad things too. So perhaps studios will, will try to get away with no, not paying you. So, I mean, so I get that. And then in post-production, as I was explaining before, it's definitely, it's getting affected today, right? Already with rotoscoping. Rotoscoping is going to be a, a huge place where things are getting, I mean, if you go into DaVinci Result today, uh, you can literally pick an object, a person, and it'll automatically rotoscope that person. You can color correct just that person. And you don't have to do anything except, well, I don't want to say because I go against what I said before, press a button. But in this case, you can press a button and it'll track it. Now, sometimes it'll mess up. So that's where you have to go in. But you still need to be a a color grader and a color corrector. You still need to know the art and the craft of color grading, right? So to me, it's kind of like, you know, we all have this iPhone, but we're not all photographers and filmmakers, even though we have a 4K camera. So I think the entire process, yeah. I think just like when you, sorry, you mentioned about the the properly proper payments for like if you've been scanned. I think some time ago we discussed it with someone else that AI likeness. So uh, one of the CEOs of um, another startup we interviewed, they tried to apply for US copyright for AI likeness. So you basically can register and if people are using it, they basically need to pay you. But have you seen some projects? I think there's small videos, like very short kind of films, when they used one AI to write a script, the other one to actually voice over it. And after generating AI to create the video with like two main kind of like characters talking, it still looks very off. Um, but the uncanny valley thing. <laughs> but do you think that will have uh, a possibility to kind of like have their own stream or like some people who had ideas of some short films that would be an easier way to try it out if it's a good enough and they have following they can actually invest in a much bigger like feature film so you're saying purely generated ai characters is that what you're saying like they're, they're yeah i think like fakes. i think i saw that yeah 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 yeah, so, yeah. Duplicating real people, but just they're just AI generated. Just, just, I mean, honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that because it's whatever form you want to do. I mean, if you're not stealing people, right? Their likeness. These are purely a hundred percent generated by AI without the stealing of 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 how it was created. I mean, it's just another tool. It's like animation, 3D. I mean, I mean, if you watch any 3D movie, I mean, all those characters are not real, right? So they were created. Yeah, they were drawn by people. But uh, I mean, I don't see personally. I don't see an issue with that. Some other people may may think so. I think where you get into gray areas uh, is, for example, like with the dubbing example that I was telling you about, where you can dub the person into a different language using their own voice, right? I can see like a studio going like, well, we're just, we're, yeah, we're using you, but we're not using you. I mean, I could see the gray area where, where it could go either way. Well, we're not going to pay you for this. And now you've got actors out of work, not doing voiceovers. And 
the original actors aren't getting paid. So I can see that gray area. So I'm not a lawyer. I'm hoping all this gets figured out by the lawyers and stuff and and everybody gets the, the right thing. But uh, I, I personally, in your example, what you said, I don't, and I've seen, I think there's a podcast that is 100% generated by AI where they're talking to each other and it's off of ChatGPT talking to ChatGPT, right? I don't see anything wrong with that as long as the inform- the, the training was properly created and, and compensated. But yeah, I was just thinking that it could actually help indie filmmakers. If you're just starting, you can try the concept without investing a lot oh, of yeah. money. Uh, and if it's successful, you can actually like, oh yeah, now I can find and I have a proof of concept that this is actually an interesting kind of thing to 100%. talk. Yeah, so it's actually like not, not a bad thing. Actually, I'll give you an example for my short film. When I wrote the script, I wanted to hear it. And normally you do a table read, right? You get actors to come in and do a table read and all this stuff. I used 11 Labs and I ran my entire script through 11 Labs, put it into Premiere Pro, edited the entire conversation that they're having just to hear it. And then I adjusted my script based on, okay, it doesn't sound right. Reads right, but it doesn't sound right, right? So I went back and adjusted. So I did a tutorial on how to use 11 Labs to do a pre-table read. So you're not wasting the actor's time. By the time you get them there, then you've, you know, you're using their time properly. But yeah, no, that's a perfect example. Yeah. yeah I, know. I know one person who's actually trying to get into podcasting as well, and he's actually using 11 Labs to recreate his own voice and using ChatGPT to create a script. Mm-hmm. So it's almost entirely AI generated, but it's obviously his own voice and content that he's sort of guiding so it's really interesting how right like it because he doesn't have a lot of time so that allowed him to sort of generate a lot of this content without him having to you know create a professional audio setup anything like that it's like you said it's a democratizing technology um yeah uh, i just wanted to maybe touch on a little bit about how you can get i guess how you can start using ai today so you, you mentioned you use some tools to you know uh you know, as part of your workflow, uh, are you okay sharing some of these tools or maybe like oh, yeah. talking about sure. some of the, the current AI tools out there that are, I guess, doing some good work for the industry? Yeah. I mean, you want to try ChatGPT, right? I mean, even I would even bet the people that say never have tried ChatGPT, <laughs> but I would highly recommend try ChatGPT, you know, know thy enemy, as they say, right? I mean, if, if you consider AI your enemy, you still want to know about it. So go learn ChatGPT, see the benefits, see the challenges, see the negatives, and use it the right way. So start with that. Play with MidJourney, play with Runway, ML. These are tools that are slowly embedding themselves in the entire filmmaking industry. I mean, whether you like it or not. So if it's happening, you know, go check it out. You may find some stuff that is actually pretty cool. The other thing is change your mindset. Think about it as a tool and not as a replacement for humans. I don't believe it'll be a replacement for humans. I really don't. Because I think we're always going to beat AI and creativity because we're always going to be able to create new stuff, not based on everything else that everybody created like AI, but just we can come up with new stuff on our own, right? So just think of it that way. But at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, AI is here to stay. And it's not just in filmmaking, it's in every industry. And think about the good stuff about AI. Like it's trying to figure out how to, how to, how to beat cancer, all the diseases 
you can use it to help fight, right? I mean, there is a lot of good stuff. So to say we need to stop AI because people are going to lose their jobs. We could have said the same thing about the digital camera, the regular camera, the because the pay, people with paintbrushes, right, no longer had to paint photorealistic images. Now we had a camera to do that. We could say that about anything in technology. I think even cars. <laughs> cars, exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's want to talk even more and more just like suddenly we we have a short podcast but it was you, fun yeah do you have any hopes and predictions for the future of ai probably for your project i hope ai will be used in the majority of the time for the good stuff for the best for humanity to to bring knowledge and creativity to every human out there that's what i'm hoping for And I'm hoping we can min minimize the bad uses of it, just like every other piece of technology, right? But in in at the end of the day, I love technology, and I'm very hopeful that it will be used for good, just like the internet, right? And yeah, I think that's 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 my main thing. Right, short and sweet. Uh, I guess finally, I'd like to leave you the last few minutes. Just any last words you'd like to leave to our listeners. How can they find out a bit more about sort of the work you're doing and how you know, it get involved? They do wish. Yeah, sure. Um, you can check out my site, creativespark.ai. It's basically very transparent and journaling my entire transition from the tech industry into filmmaking. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'll get there and we'll see. Or I'll be outside a freeway exit going like, please help me, you know, with a little sign or something. But no, definitely go check it out there. I do a lot of actually journal one i call it journal but it's a blog article but it's more of a journal for me i do it every day on monday through friday i do podcast tutorials there too and yeah and all i can say parting words is just learn because you can't stop technology not just ai in general so continuously learn that's the main thing that's great thank you so much for coming was thank you for day. inviting me it was fun thank Very you much. thank you for right. listening bye bye